hello and welcome to the Bastards and Broken Things Hot Take Podcast with me, Sir Len, and my trusty squire, Gareth. Hello. Sir Gareth. Squire Gareth. Sir Gareth. Yeah, you were a sir. You have been demoted. If you had listened to the in-depth podcast review last week, Gareth, Mm. unfortunately, Bronze John sent a raven to the Citadel and you've been, they've scrapped your knighthood. They said you were too young. So they just want to wait a few more years. You've got to prove, your, to prove yourself. Mm. 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 So that's why you're now my squire. And every week, uh, me and my squire come to you straight Indeed. after watching yeah. the episode uh, for a little taste. I'm going to be king one day. Teaser. Just you bear that in mind, all right? Well, we'll see. Yeah. A little morsel uh, of what we're thinking before we record our deep dive podcast in a day or two's time. Some hot takes So hot D. These are... Yeah, so what we've decided, and it's sort of, it's evolving as we go, but um, hot takes, yes, we have several hot takes, we number them, and then basically uh, we'll go into those, obviously in a load more detail in the in-depth review, which comes out in a few days, but this is just our initial thoughts straight after watching the episode. Uh, Did you enjoy it, Gareth? Episode two is titled The Rogue Prince. Good name. Good, Good nickname. For me, I reckon. Good nickname, good short story, and also um, just a good episode title. Hmm. Um, all right, is that is this one of one of the hot takes? Did did we like it? Hot take number one. No, no. Hot take number one is 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 different to that. Okay. You just tell me if you liked it first of all, and no score because the scores are reserved for the deep dive. All right. Hot take number one. Yes, I liked it. Oh, lovely, lovely stuff. Broke the rules, but did you fine. like it? That's why you're hot take number two. Squire. Here we right. go. Yeah, I did enjoy it. I did enjoy it, actually, Gareth. I, I will say, uh, and we'll talk about this in deep, obviously, but it was very slow, um, mm. and that had to happen. It's it's kind of one of those, when I think back to Game of Thrones, and I think back to episode two, The King's Road, yeah. you know, where they're traveling, yep. quite a slow episode as well, with a lot of conversational moments, um, building up, you know, these character relationships and moving the pieces. Correct. And it kind of felt like you have to have these episodes. And to be honest with you, some of the most intriguing moments in Game of Thrones are just two people talking. Mm. Now, do I think they nailed that? No. Hmm. I think there wasn't many... There was there was one conversation where I was like, yeah, this is fucking good. This is really good. The others were kind of like serving a purpose, but they didn't necessarily intrigue me as much as some of those other Game of Thrones scenes. However, I, you know, I did like the episode. Even though it was slow paced, um, that that surprises me a little bit. Actually, mm-hmm. I have to say, mm-hmm. like you know, these are these are our hot takes. They're unfiltered. They're you know, yeah, I'm processing my thoughts as I go. Literally. They're uninfluenced as well because, as much as we don't want to, we are all. Everybody is susceptible to some influence of some sort. Oh and yeah. So you know, trying to make a trying to make a determination on the quality of an episode before you've had a chance to kind of speak talk it through and and kind of go oh yeah i suppose i didn't think about it like that i thought there are a lot of moments in this like it you're, it was slow and it was a it was a it was a movement a chess piece movement episode rather than a chess piece destruction taking episode yeah, taking yeah. good that's it yeah. thanks yeah thanks for helping there mm-hmm. um i know the lingo yeah um, it was it was that, but I thought there were some really good moments, like that 
moments of tension and like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that some of the one-on-one conversations were really good. Um, yep. I thought actually can I can I can I morph this into my first hot take? Yeah, definitely. Morph it away. Uh, Morpheus. I thought that the acting went up a notch in this episode compared oh, to yeah. last week. Oh yeah. And I thought that there were there were a couple of um candidates in particular actually that I thought shone in this episode. Um mm-hmm. I'm going to talk about like three three characters that I think did really well. Corliss. Yeah, go on. I, I was a little bit worried yeah. about Corliss after episode one. Yeah. Um yeah. the sea snake. In terms of yeah. in terms of acting performance. But I thought he was great here. He was really good. Yeah, he's good. Um, he's good. Rhaenyra. I thought she was yeah. cracking in this episode. Just maybe not a lot to do last time, possibly. So we got to see a lot more of her and I thought she was great. And I thought Alison was really good as well. Um mm-hmm. And um, interesting that they're going to be, you know, maybe four or five episodes in, we're not going to be with these actors anymore playing yeah. at, uh, Alison and Rhaenyra. So yeah. that is fascinating. They're doing a fantastic job, but we've got that time jump that we know is coming. So that's very interesting. I thought they did very well as well. Um, I'll go with my hot take, Gareth. Yeah. Uh, no title music. No new title music. Right, I was going to say. <laughs> you missed it. yeah fuck it have you heard that one before have you heard the banger that they played at the start something. of the episode hmm I cannot believe it and this is going to be a contentious point in the deep dive podcast because I know for a fact John has even said in a previous episode that he is going to be we, jo- we joked about them using the same music we literally joked about it um, <laughs> yeah such a bizarre decision I'd, you've got an extremely bizarre, talented though. composer it's, it's lazy it's not bizarre it's just oh, lazy yeah, yeah. Um, do you reckon they went up to Raymond Duardi and was like oh Raymond do you can you do anything better than um, <laughs> Game of Thrones he was like it's pretty good though isn't it? Just <laughs> yeah. smack that yeah. on they're like you reckon yeah, 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 yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll make some other music don't worry just not the title music but you know it's fine do a, um, do a little do a little background, uh, little different images, and they won't even notice, probably. They won't remember. Yeah, I mean, we won't talk about the images. We'll talk about the images in the deep dive, because I've got a lot to say on that. But mm. I just thought the the lack of ambition to compose a new uh, iconic piece of music is startling to me, because you've got to back yourself. Like I, I don't know what they're doing here. Does this mean that every Game of Thrones show or spin-off is going to have the Game of Thrones music? I think that's really cheap. Mm-hmm. I think that's really, uh, and I have to say, it almost knocked a, well, I can't give him a score, but it almost, I'm still processing that, but it almost really, really pissed me off. Well, no, you can't hold um, that against this episode. That's not fair. No, of course, of course. But as a series, it might do at the end, Gareth. No, I'm joking. <laughs> Obviously, it won't take a whole fucking it, blueberry off my score, but it annoyed me. I think, it annoyed it's, me, um, okay? I, I think it's like risk averse. That's what it, it shows. Um, and... Do you know? Do you know what? Yeah. I reckon if D and D were in charge of this, they'd have come up. They would have. They would have ordered new music. Yeah, they, I think they, they might would have, actually. Even though I think they're dickheads. Yep. But um, and yeah, and you know they they make a lot of wrong decisions. This is this seems to me like somebody trying to not make a wrong decision, not make a mistake. Not make, exactly. They don't want to exactly make, not yeah. making a mistake. It's a it's a it's a sideways pass from midfield. You know. Rather than mm. an ambitious mm. attempt reference. At, at playing a through ball. Mm. True. Um, go on and go off your next hot take. Hot take number three. Yeah, um, correct. Is 
how much of a sly dog Otto is. Yeah, he is. Tywin has learnt through history, some might say. Indeed. You know, um, Ty- Tywin probably rules, obviously, with much more fear. Mm. But um, the interesting thing about the Hand of the King position in this era of Westeros is they weren't just Hand of the King for like a day. They've been, had the, like, Jaehaerys' hand before Otto was like 40 years the hand. Yeah. Or 44 years or something. So... You know, they hold the position for a long time and they have a lot of fucking influence. They talk about it in that way in the Game of Thrones era mm. as well. Like, mm. they're like, you know, the hand of the king. Oh, well, the, you, you know, that's that's that. You're sorted. But obviously events transpire. I think, um, yeah, this, that's, this is the era that that kind of, those traditional values about the role it comes from, mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and he is, you're right, he is sly. He's very sly. He's, He's very clever. He does. He never. Well, he does rule out some things, but he more often than not, even when like Lady Lena's mentioned, you know, that the proposals happened, he sort of backs it, but then draws it back to his own experience with his wife recently dying. Exactly. And it's very subtle. Like he's not. He yeah. You know, that's the moment where you're like, he's clever. Like, he's he's using emotions to manipulate instead of just giving advice. Correct. You know what I mean? Emotional manipulation, cloaking mm. his 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 real motives. So, um, you know, the he essentially concedes that Lena is a good match, and that makes sense. Yeah. He's like, yeah, all right, makes perfect Look, sense. I that that does make sense, and then plays the emotion card you know oh, the, you you know i don't envy you having to do this because that's really tough and he knows he know he obviously knows his king well and he knows that this isn't something that he's going to want to do so he's he's just playing into that and without ever explicitly saying yo marry my yep. daughter smart man he's put he's in, very- in place very smart man. Yeah. Uh, I'll go for hot take four, Gareth. Go on. Um, and I will say that it was such a dick move by Viserys on Rhaenyra at the end of the episode um, by basically just like reconciling with her and then fucking destroying everything. I was like, what are you... What is he doing? He reconciles mm. by saying, "Look, you know, I need to, I need to marry again." Yeah, she's like, "Yeah, I understand. It's for the realm." Um, doesn't tell her who he's thinking about, and then just announces it in the fucking small council. Anyway, blew my blew my mind. I don't necessarily um, think his decision, the decisions that he made, were outrageous. Right? They they mm. they they kind of make sense. You can understand why he's gone down this route, whether you agree or disagree, right? But what you're you're absolutely right. What makes zero sense is him just kind of announcing it in the small council. Bizarre. Why why wouldn't you go and have a quiet word with Corliss and a quiet word with your daughter? Like just 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 a heads up, look, I know you're not going to be happy about this. Um actually marrying your best friend. Um yeah. <laughs> Give her a heads BFF. up, man. Come on. BFF, yeah. Um so and you know, you don't you don't have to be versed in the world of Song and Ice and Fire to know mm-hmm. 
this is this is not good for their relationship long term. And I, and I'm talking about I'm talking about Rhaenyra's and Alicent's rela- relationship long term because Alicent is gonna sire, you know, a threat. Boys, and yeah. that's that's not that's not good. Potentially, potentially, yes, you were saying we're not saying that's that that's the intention. Uh, absolutely, but you know, this is the, this is the world that they live in. They know, they know this is this is destiny, right? Come on, just give her a, give her a quick heads up, and call us. Like, all right, you know, it might not be your best friend, but you're trying to sort of extend an olive branch moments before this. Just say, look, she's a little bit young. I've got to be honest. Yeah, I think Viserys is a wise king in some ways, mm. and he's a, obviously a pacifist king. He wants to continue the peace that Jaehaerys brought before him for over sixty years, um, and that's his downfall at times because he isn't um, ruthless enough to do the things that he needs to do. Um, this is what they say about him. Isn't sure- it? He's, he's- He's a great man. He's not necessarily a great king. Yeah. And even though it, on, on the surface, he seems like he's got his head, his head switched on. You know, a ruler has to be able to make Switch the on tough your head, decisions. Mate. I mean, look, to you know, not spoiling Game of Thrones, but, you know, Rob Stark made some terrible, terrible decisions, which ended up getting him fucked over. What? Um, what? Eddard Stark. You have people in these positions of power who just need to be wiser and the, the best ruler is someone who is able to make the hard decisions for the benefit of the realm and not necessarily themselves, mm. but also you're right. The way he handled the whole situation is bizarre. Like I said, in fire and blood, you just, it's, it's kind of a couple of sentences. It's like the, the, his small council said that Lady Lena was a fantastic match, but he surprised them all by choosing Lady Alison as his wife. That's literally the <laughs> sentence, you know? Yeah. And you kind of sit there and go, okay, cool. And now you're getting all this extra detail mm. and these extra conversations, and these extra motivations. It's fascinating and it's great stuff. Yeah. Anyway, I thought it was a dick move. Very interesting. And I'm really looking forward to getting everyone's take on that in the deep dive. Yeah. Final hot take from you, please, Gareth. Um, my final hot take is... Um, uh, I'm going to talk about kind of the the impact of a specific um specific scene and mm. that is the scene where damon um w- when we're reintroduced to damon at dragonstone um oh yeah dragonstone looked kind of cool shrouded in the mist by the way 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 cooler um, than it did in season 7 and 8 of game of thrones i think it looked better here than it has all of that time. So I read about this actually briefly. It's um, apparently it's been that's been kind of constructed in the studio that that set. Interesting. Um, whereas in that's Game of Thrones, that. it was uh, it was a actually on location, location yeah, yeah. in Spain. I think I remember. Um, yep. But um, what I think I think the impact of that scene with Damon is um, that I think he's he's less calculated and less confident than i thought he was he's the rogue prince but, he's the rogue prince. but you know like i don't know you get the impression when you when you read about him i think that he was this like cocksure arrogant like he he had his plan he he knew what he was doing 
and he was just going to be, he was just going to do it no matter, like, damn the consequences, you know? Whereas what I think we saw when he kind of, like in the immediate aftermath of the scene and at the end of it as well, when he's in the face-off with um, Rhaenyra, is that he actually hasn't got this all planned out and he doesn't he doesn't feel entirely confident about what's happening. He's kind of making it up as he goes along. Mm-hmm. Don't you think? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he believes it's his... I mean, this is tough again because it's like, you know, we'll talk about the book stuff, but you just get sentences and obviously there's short stories and stuff, but it's hard to get a grasp of his character until we do an in-depth look at it like this show. Mm. You know what I mean? So we're seeing, you're right, he is fumbling his way through. He's he's coming up with ways to annoy the king. He's inhabiting Dragonstone for six months after he's been sent to the Vale. You know, Dragonstone is the ancestral seat of the Targaryens, the seat of the heir of the throne. Actually, that is Rhaenyra's seat. She could be staying there right now because she is the heir to the throne. Um, so he's just doing things to destabilize as much as he can. And, you know, <laughs> that's a tactic that people use. And uh, he, he that scene on the bridge at Dragonstone is a definite highlight, which I'm sure we'll talk about a lot more in the deep dive because there's a lot of interesting things going on there. But I will say that it was the standout moment of the episode without a shadow of a doubt, like visually... Uh, Cyrax are arriving, uh, Caraxes sort of slurking and 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 sort of the I thought the CG was pretty good on Caraxes and Cyrax Cyrax sorry in 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 these scenes. Cyrax's um, arrival and through the clouds that was good, awesome. That gave me it's like a shark. It's little... like a shark hey? in water. It's like a shark in water. It's like a shadow. <laughs> yeah, and then it just everyone's like, duh, 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 <laughs> we're going to need duh, a bigger duh. bridge. <laughs> yeah, literally. Um, I thought it was awesome, and the tension in that scene was brilliant. Yeah, um, yeah. Even though I know kind of what happens, or I think obviously I think I do, unless the show changes it. Uh, I was sitting there going, "This is great, great TV." Um, but I think that's it for our hot takes. I don't want to do the point of these isn't to isn't to you know go into too much details to give you our just random thoughts, and I think we have spoke quite randomly um and now we need to go collate all of our feedback uh, and your feedback of course you can write us at fancriticalpodcast at gmail.com and let us know your thoughts um and the deep dive is going to be featuring obviously other members of the podcast um as i said john's already going to slag off the intro so don't even worry about that i can bet my house he's going to go mental that they use the same music mm. um we'll talk about what the intro means we will talk about that interesting conversation on the bridge. We're going to talk about the ramifications of Alicent being chosen. We're going to talk about all of that sort of stuff in the Deep Dive podcast. So please do check that out in the next few days. In the meantime, as I said, email us. Go to patreon.com forward slash fancritical if you do want to sponsor us further. Um, and I'm going to get you know little Squire Gareth to get me nice and fat. Get me loads of food. Too late Get me that. loads of booze. Too late. Yeah. No, get me all that food and booze, please, mm. little little squad boy. And then we'll be back with Bronze John, Lady Emma, uh, and Lady Lucy, probably. So thank you very much for listening, guys. That's our hot take. We really enjoyed the episode. I would say it's it's a good uh, springboard from the premiere. 
Um, but I'll be fascinated to hear what the other members of the podcast think and what you guys think. So thanks, guys. Catch you at the deep dive in a few days' time. See ya. See ya.